0: 42 Days ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first 6 weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality is so competitive, fast paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry. So we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation.
1: Are you guys crazy? I can't close for six weeks. Six weeks in our business is, is, is death. You know, we didn't shut one day in COVID, luckily. You know, not one day we shut no we didn't stop trading for one day during COVID and then we, we did this
0: Raw a podcast by Lightspeed and Poe this is a podcast about the highs and lows of running a hospitality business in collaboration with the Poe Network which you've come to know with a conversation amplified we have frank and open discussions about the state of the industry from the best leaders in hospitality we aim to capture the extent of how far conversations can go, uncensored, stripped, and genuine, powerful, and grounded in confidence. We unpack the unique first hand experience from the experts tackling the very real and at times intense issues in our industry. Now let's get into today's show. Located north in Sydney CBD at McMahon's Point, the North Spoon is a neighbourhood favourite cafe by day an event can function space at night, famed for its Italian nights. From its humble beginnings in 2017, it has grown into a favourite spot for many in the local area. It is committed to using seasonal and locally grown produce from New South Wales artisans, farmers and producers. Like all venues in the industry, it has faced challenges in recent times and has had to adapt and evolve quickly in order to keep the business strong and sustainable. So it's a pleasure to chat with former colleague of mine and co-owner of The North Spoon, Gareth Nara, on this episode. Hey, Gareth, how are you?
1: Good, Sean. How are you?
0: I am fantastic, my friend. It is great to have you on this Raw series with us today and really reconnect because we haven't worked. I actually thought about this the other day when we chatted on the phone. We haven't worked together since 2019, and so much has happened, you know, since that time, mate. So it's great to really understand that and unpack that a bit for the listeners today on this podcast so for those who don't know you obviously the North Spoon is a fantastic location in New South Wales but how did you actually start out in the hospitality industry yourself and then come to the point that you actually became the co-owner of the North Spoon?
1: That's a journey Um, so I started out like many my age I think as a 19 year old looking for a career and being, being brought up around food and always having a passion for it, I decided to start a chef's apprenticeship in uh, 1996 at the Wentworth Hotel um, and then worked my way through a chef's apprenticeship and got a little bit disheartened by things I saw, kind of found other industries and went on a bit of a career journey, uh, fell back into hospitality probably about 10 years ago with an opportunity to worked for a growing brand called Ribs and Burgers um, and from then kind of uh, made my way to my own business which is the North Spoon.
0: Was it a big decision for you to, to buy or co-own that venue? Like what what was the what was the actual method for you to – what was the reason I suppose for you actually to make that move yourself?
1: So I think um, uh, looking back um, – Working for Ribs and Burgers, I gained confidence Um, and I saw myself really um, understanding myself and understanding what I had and, and, you know, what I was really about personally Um, and and then being amongst some very good peers and and getting some more understanding of the industry and how business works and how the business works and, and kind of, being around that and knowing like, I have the same mentality as what I'm seeing from some very successful hospitalitarians, we'll call them. Mm. Um, it kind of shot me forward to do I stay in this business uh, or do I go out on my own? And I had some opportunities come up while I was there. and uh, That kind of, you know, I left ribs and burgers on good terms but just um, with, with the real want to, to do my own thing. I was really ready at that stage, so that was probably five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it took me a good year to kind of find my feet and look at various different concepts and look at how, and then this, this the North Spoon came about because I knew the old owners, and I spent a lot of time here, I did a little bit of consulting for them, and, and me and my business partner, who was a manager of the North Spoon at the time, actually approached the the previous owners to do, to use their venue at night because we saw such potential in the venue. So we wanted to say, look, you're not using it at night. Can we put on a concept and use your venue at night and do something? And they weren't really that keen for it. Mm. Uh, and then the opportunity came to to buy. They, they wanted to get out. They weren't really passionate about it um, and it wasn't making the money that they wanted it to. So we saw the potential and grabbed it. That was the story behind how we came to own the North Spoon.
0: What potential were you seeing as you sort of understood the you know venue a bit more? Obviously, I'd imagine consulting and you know would allow you to look underneath the hood a bit more about what the business was doing and the and the operations involvement that was needed to do something like nights. But what made you really think that nights could work at that particular venue?
1: Uh, for those who have been here, that understand uh, it's a beautiful venue. First of all, um, located just over the harbour bridge in a little tiny nook of North Sydney called McMahons Point, um, across the road from a very old historic pub called the Commodore Hotel. The street itself, Blues Point Road that we're on, is uh, probably 15, early, late 1990s, 2000. This was like the place to be for all the marketing scene and a lot of big marketing companies here. And uh, it was really like a really in place. It was almost like the double bay of, of the North Shore. Mm. Um, and it kind of took a dive in terms of its its um, its want for people to come, and we saw it kind of cover kind of a revival. And North Sydney is going through a, a huge transformation as we speak. Just up the road is um, obviously a big corporate little city, but it's getting a lot of residential buildings, a big makeover. Um, so there's a lot, and we just we just thought that we're right at the top of the road. We've got a great courtyard. You can see the Harbour Bridge. Uh, it's it was like a no brainer. Just walking into the venue, it just, it's just a beautiful venue. Mm. Um, in, in its form that it was then, it's a bit different now because we've done some renovations, but it was just, it just had everything going for it. We knew if we ran it well, which we could do, both me and my business partner have the skills to do that, um, um, and gave the service and the product that we know we could. We just knew it was a formula that, that would work in a cafe. And obviously, there's a lot of other stuff we do with it now. And we want to do more, uh, like events and functions and catering and, uh, uh, our own events, so you know, using the nighttime thing, it's just this specific venue and its proximity to the city and its proximity to North Sydney and and the, the look and the feel, uh, it's it's just a it's, a it's a great little place. That's it was a no brainer. once we had the opportunity, we overpaid, we overpaid for the business. Looking at on on the numbers, uh, but we knew it would pay off, so it was worth it.
0: I think as an industry, we often don't we often don't talk about, especially for those who are independents how important um qsr brands fast casual brands chain brands are to the industry and what good quality training systems and and opportunities they actually provide if you if you think about a brand like ribs and burgers which is obviously you know a well-known brand in australia and other parts of the world as well what benefit did you get from that which actually gave you some really good grounding into something like the north spoon
1: just working for an extremely well-run operation um you know what makes you know, looking at looking at from a business perspective, looking at numbers all the time, analyzing your labor and your food costs all the time, um, driving the business from those two main points, then understanding on a bigger picture of the profit and loss statement and, and and what metrics within that profit and loss statement make make the formula to, to succeed in any venue and how to manipulate that. Mm. Um, that's what is really uh, driven into me from them. But the other thing that was really driven in was those things mean nothing unless you understand the customer and unless you understand the service. And they use the term, and it's used a lot these days, but they used the term world class a lot. Mm-hmm. And they would they would strive for world class. And the common, is it world class was a, was a common terminology used in that business. And that's what you're around every day and that's what the that's that's and and being within that it was i knew that was inside me you know like just naturally it came to me how to serve a customer how to make a customer happy from both the product and service perspective how to see that customer and, and and what to do at a table even in a quick service restaurant um you can still you know get to the table and talk to people and uh really make them want to enjoy themselves and give them a great experience um and that being driven through that um, and then, obviously, you you step out of that framework into other venues. And and there's there's a lot of people that do it really well, and there's a lot of people that don't do it so well. Um, and you, when you are confident, you can play with the best. Just go and do it. I think. Yeah. And that's what that's what ribs and burgers gave me. It gave me the confidence behind it, and then as well from a from a business perspective, it gave me a great understanding of of the basics of of hospitality and, and, and yeah. how to drive that within the business.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. And also, you know, looking at different different kind of venues, even though they're under the same brand, right? Like you see you see different things, which can only be a positive as you try to grow obviously this brand further on as well, I would imagine. Yep.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um obviously we said at the start of the podcast, like you're a co-owner uh, in the North Spoon. Um why did you decide to make that move rather than going out by yourself and like, secondly to that, what benefits do you get from being in a partnership rather than being by yourself do you think?
1: Um, I guess from a partnership perspective, it's, it's a very personal choice. I've always been a team sport guy and a guy. I've played football at a very high level as, as a kid and, and through my 20s. Um, I've coached a lot of soccer and I've, I've done a lot of things on a coaching side, so Having people around me and having like-minded individuals is just, its for me, it's, it, it drives me and, and it helps me succeed. It makes me better. So it was not even a, i would never do this on, on my own, mm. but just from a personal perspective. I think as well, this business is an absolute grind and to not have someone on your level who you can bounce things off, fight with, scream at, shout with, um, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's um, also enjoy the great moments with. Um, it will be pretty lonely, I think. Yeah, totally agree. So, <laughs> so when I found my business partner, like my business business partner, and I actually hired as a manager at ribs and burgers. Wow, that's, that's how we kind of got to know each other, um, and we just became really good friends over the time. And so we were friends before we stepped into this business. And his strengths are front of house, and his strengths are, are, are running a great service and gave, giving great. Great um, uh, attention to the customer. He's from Italy. He's, ran, he's been in the restaurant industry his most of his life. His brother has a very successful restaurant in, in Milan. So he was the front of house guy and I was the back of house guy. Kind of just all kind of fit together and made sense, we, you know. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was an easy choice. It was kind of a very natural progression that we wanted to do this on our, on our
2: own. Mm.
0: I often find that a lot of people get into partnerships and they're, you know, best friends or mates before they get into partnerships and they've obviously never done a business before, right? Like, how have you made sure that you've kept, you know, the personal friendship which you had going in before the partnership but also having a professional relationship where you need to, you know, make a business really financially work?
1: At the beginning, it was interesting because you got that friendship and I guess the... The thing that makes us, our partnership work is we're both mature enough to be able to argue with each other
2: <laughs>
1: um, and I don't think that's very common um, and I think it's vital for a business partnership, especially in hospitality where it's, it's driven by passion. Um, you both have varying ideas and you need to be able to be very open with each other and very raw with each other. And I was very, always very comfortable with Alessandro and very, um, you know, and to make that work in a business, I never doubted that that could work. From a, to, to keep the friendship there, it's just mutual respect. Um, and, you know, we've both got our own lives and, and I've tried to do things that he doesn't like and he's tried to do things that I don't like and we've, we've just been up front with each other and we've gone out the back and, and literally screamed our heads off at each other. Um, we've screamed our heads off in front of staff, which he doesn't like. Um, but at the end of the day, we shake hands and, and it's all over, and come back tomorrow with a smile on our faces, and we both want to succeed. Um, mm. So it's it's just out of mutual respect. You know that at the end of the day, it's business, and and, and there's no nothing personal within this within the walls of here, you know. Um, and that's that's the maturity that we both have, and I'm lucky to have a business partner that can do that with me.
0: Yeah, for sure. How how is your communication sort of? changed over the last couple of years that you've you've been in a partnership together? Like do you find you guys catch up more than you used to maybe at the start or less or do you see each other every day? Like how does this sort of work?
1: Like, it's hard. We see each other every day, you know, most days um, and especially the beginning and then obviously through COVID we saw each other heaps. Um, you know, we were both grinding on the business. It's not like we're owners that sit back and, and we come to the store twice a week to just check how things are going. We're, we're in it, you know, and we're in it until we find people that can be in it as much as we can. Um, and, um, it's it kind of, it's changed the friendship because the friendship, you know, we don't go out as much and, and socialize, um, be, you know, for various reasons, not just because we see each other every day, because we're, again, we've both grown in families. He's had a baby. I've had two babies. So time to do that is less. So yeah, um, it, the, the friendships changed a little bit, but the the the, ad, the mutual admiration I think has grown um, and you, we know I know that if, if, if we step away from this at one day and we go we separate paths the friendship will always be there and we'll slip straight back into you know socializing and, and what we did before and going to dinner and our families will always be close and kids will grow up together and that'll all kind of it will happen so you know when we met each other we were both young and, and, and free you know so we could go out and go The pub and have a beer and have a big night out and do all those kind of things, Um, but life's changed for both of us, so we don't do that anymore generally. Um, um, So, so I think that's that's just that's just evolution, I think, of of people.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Gareth, do you think like obviously you know this business has been around since twenty seventeen. You and Alessandro took it on in twenty nineteen, and then you have COVID happen like, and we just talked a lot about like the relationship. Do you guys have, like do you find the last two years has actually sped up your relationship as well in a way that you both have to really grow together really quickly in a really tough situation?
1: Um, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I think the, the way we both are is when it comes to the business, we'll kind of do anything. Mm. and We know that I'm very much a person to my own detriment who, who if there's something to do, I'll just do it. I'm not going to wait for somebody else. I'm just going to get my hands dirty, and, and whether that's cleaning the floor or change a light bulb or, or fix a fridge or whatever I can do, I'll do. If I don't have to pay someone to do it, I'll do it. Um, uh, and uh, if it can get done. So that's just how I've always been. It doesn't matter what job I've been in, it doesn't matter if I work for myself or work for others. I've just always been that way. And I think Alessandro's the same. Um, so I haven't really thought about whether it's sped up the friendship. I think we've just – I consider myself quite lucky. It just kind of – being natural and organic and it just kind of fell in and the opportunity came at the same time and our friendship grew at the same time, it's just been a very natural thing. And, and yes, I know this business wouldn't be the same without him and I'm sure he could say the same thing about me. So it's – from a friendship perspective – it's just, as I said earlier, it's just a natural progression and I think it will always be
0: that. Mm. Now, obviously, you know, you're in inner city, uh, inner city Sydney, which um, is tough at the best of times, but then throw a pandemic in there and obviously Sydney was, you know, pretty much the second most lockdown um, place next to Melbourne over the last couple of years, especially in 2021. Um, yeah. And then when we spoke, you know, uh, before uh, the podcast, you talked a lot about April of this year in 2022 and the challenges you had around that. Do you just want to just talk about those challenges you had and how you both worked through that? (laughs) together?
1: So I'll start by saying if I get through 2022, I thought we said to each other if we get through 2021, nothing will stop us. (laughs) Who would have thought 2022 could actually be harder? And it has been. (laughs) Both both personally and from a business perspective, um, so many things have happened. And it's, it's it's tested us more this year than it has in 2021. So, April 13th, 2022, um, I had a baby at 9 a.m. in the morning. Congrats. So, an amazing day. <laughs> an amazing day. Uh, and uh, a very long night, obviously, because we was born or well, we were in labor the whole evening. So, um, that was beautiful. I had a little baby girl, Ella. And I think about three o'clock on that afternoon um, of, of the first day of my baby's life, I got a phone call from my landlord's real estate agent to say that we have to cease trade as of tomorrow morning, April the 14th, due to the a structural issue with our wall on a terrace house, which is next door the cafe. And if the Wall falls down, it's deemed very unsafe, and if someone's around, it could fall in the restaurant, and obviously life-threatening. So an emergency cease order was sent to us, shut your business down tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. So that was, uh yeah, pretty tough. And the hardest thing about that was, it's like, for how long? Oh, we can't tell you, until it's fixed. <laughs> so like, I'm like, cool, we can fix it in a week. <laughs> Let's go. I'll take the bricks down and fix them myself. Let's go. But obviously, structural and building and it's a funny wall. and it's, Then it's a heritage house. So, yeah, mm. all fun and games. So, on a, a time when I was meant to have two weeks with my family of a bit of father's leave and, and, and enjoying my time, I found myself thrust into this situation where, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't do anything. Mm. And... We didn't know how long it was going to be, so obviously decisions around staff and who can we keep, and obviously, you don't have things like, job keeper or job seeker, for COVID. You know, hmm. you've just got you've just got your bank account, and what can you do, and how long is that going to sustain you, and what insurance can we get, and and uh, all these things take time. So, you know, and and it was at a time where literally the business was. In a, in in a huge state of influx, just going, we had so it was the week before Easter long weekend. It was a Thursday, Friday was Good Friday, so we had Easter long weekend. We had Easter egg hunts planned for the kids. We had a full a full inventory of, of you know of uh, events planned for Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Big uh, big cook off on Monday, uh, slams on the spit and, and charcoal barbecues outside. Uh, stock in the fridge ready to go we had um uh two weeks later obviously anzac day and a big anzac day planned we had mother's day and a mother's day planned we had i think four functions in that space of three weeks of 60 people each four more even more um so both from a financial perspective it was very very good and then obviously from a marketing perspective and and a and a, and a Momentum perspective from a business coming out of lockdowns, coming out of COVID, and now we're ready. Now we're we're gearing up. Let's go. You know, we were like charging, mm. just to get shut down with with no real. It was just. It was. It was tough. It was really tough. Uh, it was like a big, you know. You think you hit the wall, the COVID lockdown. This is like we hit uh, a lead wall. It was so hard. So you know what do you do? Like again, what do you do? Like you, you, you grip your teeth and you put a smile on your face and you, you do what you can to survive. Cause the, the options of getting out at that stage is, is none. How long were so, you shot for? Three and a half weeks. Wow. Yeah. How,
0: how did you guys financially support that though? Like that would have been hard. Cause you said, you know, like, there's no support there, right?
1: No. So <laughs> our landlord is actually the North Sydney council. Wow. So, um, they gave us rent abatement, which was good. Um, okay. They let us do a quick permit for a food truck outside the venue and a coffee cart outside the venue. So we could, after about a week, and that took about nearly a week and a half to get up and running, which was okay. It was a bit of support and it was a bit of we're here. It wasn't anything. Couldn't do much. You know, who wants to buy coffee from a from a little coffee cart sitting on the end of a street when you can go sit down in a cafe? So it was just keep face and keep our... our People happy at it, just to make sure our customers saw that we were still here around. So that was really that was about. And yeah, then it was um, delve into savings and and see what we could kind of you know obviously we try to pay the staff that we could we paid and kept going. Um, you know, I think we, we spent quite a bit of money keeping key staff. We found it. We found other staff with friends, restaurants, and and other people we knew in the industry. Call them and. They supported us and gave other staff work in the time that we – which was really good. Obviously, people were looking for staff at the time too. Mm. Um, and I think over the period we lost – out of 11 staff, we lost three in those three weeks. So we kept seven or eight, which is really good. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, that's how we kind of survived that. But those two or three we lost were, were, were big. Yeah. It put a real dent into our operation.
0: Especially in a small team, right? Like that's twenty percent of your team.
1: Like twenty five percent of our team and guys that we've trained and guys that we were we trained and they were just getting to a point of and we'd really got a good you know, we're really sitting in a good place with staff and our team was right and they were working hard and everything was just in you know, in alignment at that stage until that fun afternoon of (laughs) source.
0: At least the wall's fixed now. I hope the wall is fixed. <laughs>
1: uh, it was, you know, it was it was hard. It was disappointing. Uh, no one really saw it from our perspective. I thought, I think, a mm. uh, couple of meetings. People were like, oh, it might take six weeks, and we kind of go, oh, that's pretty good, six weeks. And I'm like, you guys crazy? I can't close for six weeks. Six weeks in you know, our business is is, yeah. is death. Mm. You know, we didn't shut one day in COVID. Luckily. You know, not one day. We shut well wow. no, yep. we didn't stop trading for one day during COVID. And then we, we mm. did this and it was just Yeah, you know, we still recover. We're definitely still recovering. Still trying to recover some funds. Um uh, still trying to get what we can get, but you know, it's gonna be a long process.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we're just talking about, you know, staffing challenges and that, um, right there in that answer. So like how were you feeling about Staffing in the hospitality industry and like, like greatly in the, in the greater hospitality industry, like it's obviously at an awful point right now. Like, yeah. is it making you think differently about the business itself and how you potentially could grow the business?
1: Um, Yes. Uh, it's definitely stopping growth. Um, there's a fear of, there's definitely opportunities we've had that we, we kind of don't, we, w- we would take normally but we can't take because we don't know if we could staff it. And do you need that headache mm. over two venues when you've got the headaches over one? I don't think so. Not good. Mm. Is staffing at the moment in, in industry-wide is, is just, uh, it's tough. What do you do though? Like, again, it's another thing. Like, what do you do? Do you, I don't have the options to change it myself. We know that the government can do stuff to get people into the country. Do people want to come to the country um, how long will it take? There's a huge backup. The systems are slow to get people in. Do we see a little bit of a Europe? Europe uh, I know a lot of Europe. Europe's going crazy at the moment because the weather's nice and it's everyone's back there. Are we going to see that in our summer, where a lot of that comes to Australia, which always used to happen? Um, I guess we'll wait and see. But right now, it's few and far between finding. I don't find it trouble. I don't find it hard finding people. I find it hard finding people that are as good as they used to be in the same position. Mm, the depth. So it's more—it's a skill level thing. Is is, is 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 the toughest thing. Finding the right people is hard. Finding people is not hard. Finding the right people, it's hard. And you've got to have a—you've got to have a constant. For us, we've got to have just a constant recruitment strategy. Constant—you don't stop recruiting.
0: There must be incredibly tiring for both of you and, you know, um, like a really well-run business but like a tight little team and stuff like that to be like constantly recruiting a tight little team, it's like you're always in a forming stage, right? Yeah,
1: and and just again, just when you think you're getting the, you know, someone else falls off or someone else goes somewhere or, you know, and it's not, it's an easy market for staff to leave, Mm. you know, so to keep them, you know, to be successful in hospitality, you've, your staff have to work hard. It's, it's no secret. Mm. They have to work hard. They have to, and it's, it's a grind. And, and we, we, we treat our staff really well. Uh, we feed them. We give them drinks. We, we On a day-to-day, obviously, you know, they don't have to pay for anything while they're here. Um, we, Our full-timers have to have two days off a week. You know, no one works... Big hours, uh, hospitality, 70, 80-hour weeks, it's not – we don't do that here. You can't do that. We we took a huge – when we took the business, we said we're not working like that and no one else is working like that. So we're really trying to make sure that our staff are well-rested and and looked after and the priority is their life, not our business. Um, But, yeah, they just – it's so easy for them just to say, oh, I can go get money down the road some, you know. Uh, It's a very unsustainable model, I think. Um, in terms of what people are paying other people. So we're kind of holding our, holding our guns and sticking to our guns and sticking to our model and treating people fair. And I guess I'm confident that, you know, you'll eventually find the right people for your business. And that's why you've just got to keep on hiring until you find the right people. And unfortunately, some people will fall off. Um, it's not a it's not a quick fire, one, two, you're in, you're out. We, we take our time hiring people and if they work we treat them like gold, and, and we want them to be around. Um, but I can't stop them going next door. And I wish everybody that comes in my door success. And if they need to find success somewhere else, it's it's a mutual respect thing. Again, go find your success. We can't all be you know work. We can't all work with each other all the time. So uh, we'll find our right team, and, and we'll get there. And at the point, I believe, in essence, you got to stick to what you know, and you got to stick to yourself, and you got to believe in yourself. As much as you're challenged through things, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to say to yourself, you know, this is this is the right way to do things. And we believe this is the right way to do things, so let's do them, and and it'll pay off. It's not about paying off next week. We, you know, you can't you can't succeed in two weeks, in three weeks, or a month, or a year, or two years. It's it, it's a, it's like any business. It's the longer you're in it, the more chance you have of success. Mm. So that's that's kind of what we do. We just stick into our guns and. Keep on churning and keep on finding people. And, you know, we've seen some really good people come in. Um, and I just hope we can keep them and they can stay and, and we can grow with them and, and eventually it'll work. Uh, and I guess that mentality for me comes from football, comes from soccer. Mm. When you're playing a high level of football, you know, you're not, all your teammates aren't going to get along with you. You know, you, but you can't, you sometimes you can't pick your teammates. But if you've all got the same goal in mind and you've all want to succeed as a team, you're not there to be best mates. You know, you're not there to, and that's, that's something I'm lucky enough to know. And, and, you know, my staff have good relationships with each other. But I know sometimes people just aren't after they're not going to fit. It's just life, it's just the way it is. You know, not everyone's for everybody.
0: Yeah. You know? I love that analogy. Um, yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, do you find you're actually recruiting differently these days in sense when you're actually in an interview with someone and you're looking at someone's resume and you're talking to them about their experience and et cetera, you're talking about the North Spoon. Are you actually looking for different things in people now and recruiting differently than maybe you would have 10 or 15 years ago?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very different process. Mm. First of all, I think the resume right now doesn't hold its weight as it, as it used to. Um, People can say they've worked in places and people can uh, say that they're skilled to a level, but it doesn't translate to that when they actually work. And on the flip side, people will say they're not skilled and you'll find out that they're a lot more skilled. So the resume as such for me is, is, a, is a look over and I kind of look where they've worked, how long they were there for, so that gives me a, you know, a bit of loyalty. Questions like, what questions for me in interviews? Um, you know, what are you looking for? What do you want in, out of this job? Um, and their answers will tell me if they'll kind of get to the next the next stage of the interview process. Um, you know, there's a there's an ethos out there, and, and we all do it. It's come in and have a trial. Get in, and get have a trial, and then what are you going to see in an hour? You know, what are you going to see in two hours of person? You're not not going to see that much, but it gives you just an idea of of how they feel within the space. And and I've always been of of the the ilk that if they're having a child in my restaurant, it's not about if I like them or not. If they're having a child in my place, I I want them to work there. It's about them. Do you feel comfortable in the space? Can you feel like you're going to grow in the space? Can you see potential in, in our space for yourself? That's what the trial for me is about. It's making sure that, that the employee coming in feels comfortable and feels like they can benefit both from learning from us and obviously uh, giving us what they know, some of their knowledge as well. Um, so that's kind of, I think, 10, 15 years ago, you'd you interview people based on their, on their uh, resume. That'll give you a lot of their good answers and obviously a bit of a, a a chat with them and then you'd give them a full day trial and it was very much about you judging their talent where now it's for me it, it doesn't it doesn't really work because i think that the, the people coming through the hospitality industry culturally are very different they've grown up in a in a in a heavy technology world which i never did mm. i don't think you ever did no nope. you know they're driven by very different things in life so I don't think they, they understand the the interview process like we used to understand the interview process. Mm. So yeah, it's very much about trying to tell the people coming into our restaurant or working for us, what do you want? Where do you see yourself? Um, it's a transient it's a transient business. People come and go. How many people do you know that come in as a, a chef or come in as a waiter and are there in five years in the same place as a waiter? In two years in the same place as a waiter. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's. Um, I was having this conversation with a customer today. Unless, naturally, as human beings, you want to c- progress in your career. I mean, so let's face it, where, where are they going to progress in a cafe? They're not. So, how do you keep those people engaged and, and happy and, and and wanting to come and feel valued uh, in, in a space like this over a, over a, a good two year period. That's what you kinda of look at. Two to four year period. You know, that's what I want out of my staff. Mm. If I grow they grow, you know? And that's kind of what we kinda of tell them. Work hard now and hopefully we can all grow together. But that's that's the challenge these days, how to keep them in a small business like this with this it's tough.
2: Yeah.
0: Now I've had the pleasure of obviously working with you before and know how much you Care about people. How much that's very much part of your mo, and and how much you really go above and beyond for the people you yeah. employ, the people you work with.
2: Yeah.
0: But has this situation now, where it's it is so challenging to find really competent people and talent, has it made you care about people even more? Do you think, or in a different way?
1: Um, I don't know if it made me care. I've always cared for people. You know, I've always generally put others before myself mm. making sure that they're right first there is everything okay with you first um, has no I don't think the, I don't think this whole thing has changed that I think I'll always be that way um, I think it's given me uh, there's been opportunity, more opportunity to show it yeah yeah obviously when you're going through lockdowns and you've got staff members you know it's' It's, it's, it's livelihoods you're you're responsible for, you know. Um, and yep. at the end of the day, everyone you think you said it earlier, we're all just people, and we all basically want the same thing, and that's to live and be happy and and and, and uh, be peaceful and you know and have a and have a relatively hopefully and uh, simple life. You know, I think that's what most people want, um, and if we can, if we can help people get that, and, and not complicate things, and, and give, you know, give them things that they need, you know, we'll always say yes. I had an employee very recently who got into some trouble, and you know, obviously it was was something happened it was not nice, and it's like whatever we can do, we'll do for you. Mm. You know, if we had to throw him extra money, we'll throw him extra money. Like it's not, it's just. I think that's just. I don't know. That's just the way we are. We we treat our employees like family, and you know, it's just it's nice. It makes it's what you do. It's it's part of being in the hospitality industry. You know, Hospitality is about caring for others and yep. serving others. It's a very selfless. It's a very selfless industry to be in. It's not about oh, I'm here to I'm here to be rich or I'm here to make money. I think those those people in hospitality fail. I think, I think people in hospitality that are there. To make others happy, whether it be staff, customers, whatever it is, partners, whatever. I think those are the ones that really succeed because the money comes, the success comes from that ethos of of hospitality. Mm,
0: Totally agree. Um, mate, my last question to you is like, what are you looking forward to for the future, you know, and and for the brand? I mean, obviously, you know, you've had a um, fast forward sort of the career a bit with obviously lockdowns and the challenge of april this year and you've obviously got a great partnership and a great venue like what are you guys looking forward to
1: i would like to say that i'm just looking forward to a clear run mm. of hopefully no interruptions and no disruptions i mean just just give us the opportunity to 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 do what we want to do right you know? and that's just time and um, the list is very long, and we know we can be a huge success, and we know we can we can we can really make a difference to our community here that we're around. That's what we're here for is for the community. Um, hopefully, do that in other communities, um, but we need time to do that. So I'm really just looking forward to a good, solid year of trade <laughs> from our <laughs> perspective. You know, that's all I want right now. Give me a year of, I We haven't, haven't had it. Yeah, need three years into the business. And I haven't had a good solid year of trade. Mm. So that's if, that's as simple as I want right now. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Beyond that, just finding others that are, that are like-minded. And, and, and I think the industry itself is going through a huge transition period where, like you said, we're all battling with staffing issues. Product prices have gone through the roof. You know, we're all fighting pretty hard. Um, and I can pretty much guarantee you that not a lot of people are making any money at the moment, and a lot of people are gritting their teeth and thinking, how are we going to get there? But we'll get there. The industry will survive. It always has. And beyond, I would say, summer, next year, I'm really looking forward to just growth. You know, there's catering, a lot of catering stuff that we can do, a lot of function spaces. There's, there's so much stuff we can do just here in our venue, and then opening more venues. Um you know, that's that's. There's opportunities are there, and um, speaking to other people, and, and, and making partnerships, and finding finding new friends, and and, and keeping old friends in within the industry. Oh, that's why we're in it because it's such a great, such a great, such a great industry to be in. Yeah. Such a, you know, When you have suppliers who are there to help you, and you have uh, customers who come to you every day with a coffee, and you put a smile on their face, it's it's your own little it's your own little thing. Mm. Um, and I guess that's what drives most of us to be in this business is, is to have those, those moments. So that's what I'm looking forward to for many years to come. You know, and, and hopefully from that we, we, we get success and, and growth, and, you know, but those are the basics that we want to just hold on to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gareth, what's the best way that people can find out more information about the North Spoon and come down, have a coffee, have a meal, relax a bit?
1: The best way to come down to have a meal is just walk five minutes from North Sydney Station or drive your car down here and, and, and come speak to us. Uh, guaranteed fun times. Um, or you can just jump on our website to book and see exactly what we do, The Uh Or as hard as it is, we have an Instagram page too, which um, you can check out what we do. There's some really cool content on it um, at the moment. So that's uh, – yeah whole other
0: conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next so, time on another Social podcast.
1: media for old, for old fogies like us. <laughs> 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 That's
0: going be our next one, sure. Help us all, mate. Help us all. God, help us sure. all.
1: Sure. Find the ones to do it for you.
0: As always, that is going to be linked up in the show notes of this podcast so you can visit Gareth and Alessandra and the rest of the team at the North Spoon. Mate, well done on getting to this point. I can't wait to see – what venues the two of you going to do next and the value that you're adding to the industry. So thanks so much for your time.
1: And who knows? Melbourne could be our next our next for all, mate. Mate, can't wait. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> thanks, Sean.
0: Thanks again for tuning to another episode of Raw, brought to you by Lightspeed and the Poe Network. We hope you really enjoyed the episode and we'd love to for you to leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. It would mean a lot to us, and we'd love to hear your feedback on this series. To find out more about Lightspeed and how they can ignite your business and hospitality, you can find them at lightspeedhq.com.au. Thanks so much for tuning to another episode, and until next time, stay well, everyone. days ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first six weeks of someone's employment in any industry but especially the world of hospitality is so competitive, fast-paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry so we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged we'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business go to 42days.co to book a consultation